Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's 2 p.m. in Memphis. Giannato and Jeffrey time. Get off the fence. Live on Memphis's sports station. 92.9 FM ESPN. Welcome to the Giannato and Jeffrey Show. We're coming to you live from Memphis, Tennessee. My name is Jeffrey Wright. You can follow me on Twitter at JWright929ESPN. Dennis Fuller's producing the program. Glad that he is with me. Let's celebrate what we got coming up on the program. It is schedule release day. We are just mere... I suppose seconds, moments away from the Grizzlies schedule release. We'll take a look at it in real time. See if there's anything to glean from it. Eric Castletine, fingers crossed, is going to join us here in about 35 minutes or so. Just saw that he is on Grizzbeat, so hopefully Eric's still going to be able to join us. We'll get his thoughts on the schedule and more. 305 We'll get into the list. We've had starting quarterback news. We've got a big return to the University of Memphis that if you've been listening to the station here the last month or so, I'm not sure it's a big surprise, but nonetheless, we will discuss that. Jason Smith will join us at 3.30. We'll get his thoughts on the schedule and more. As we do now, I believe, have the schedule so we now have the full schedule I'm having to pull it up as Mark asked do you enjoy reacting in real time or not the only problem with it being in real time is the fact that half the time you feel like you're trying to read at the same time as you're trying to discuss and talk so I'm also dependent on hopefully hopefully fish will have his uh, Fish has his notes. That's always extremely helpful because Rob does a great job breaking down kind of the the things that we're all interested in in terms of the way the schedule breaks out, teams that we're looking for. Okay, so I see schedule is here, yet at the same time, struggling here to find the actual schedule. Here we go. 2023. So the Grizzlies... 
Mm, okay. Nope. They're just right now over on the website. They're just actually showing the play-in tournament. There is a graphic that the Grizzlies social has right now that shows each game per month. So the Grizzlies will open up at home on October the 8th against Indiana. So the Grizzlies at home, October 8th, Indiana. First gut reaction. It's technically tasty take Thursday, but really it's going to be gut reaction Thursday. I think that's kind of the perfect type of opener. Opening night is an event in of itself. I don't necessarily need to see the best team out there. I view it a lot like the college football schedule when, indeed, you open up with a bye game, like the Tigers are doing this year with Bethune-Cookman. Totally fine by me. Everybody's excited just to get back and, and in the swing of things, seeing a home game. To me, Indiana's that type of team that you'd like to see. I don't want it to be... You know, the Warriors game, you don't want it to be a massive, massive game. All in all, gut reaction in favor of the home opener against Indiana. The Grizzlies, that's a Sunday at 7, by the way. Sunday at 7. The Grizzlies will also be at home on October 3rd against Milwaukee. So to me, like, that's the perfect spot. Like, I don't really want to see, I'm not a big fan of wanting to see the Bucs on opening night. Because opening night's a celebration, but night two, all for it. Big home game against Milwaukee on night two. The Grizzlies will then hit the road at Atlanta and at Miami. They will then, on Friday, October the 20th, play Milwaukee. So the Grizzlies will be done with the Bucks on Friday the 20th. Try to see the distinguish the distinction here between home open home. Oh, are those? Oh, I'm sorry. Those are, are those preseason games. Beg your pardon. Okay, let's start over completely. The Grizzlies are going to open the season on October the 25th. So those were the preseason games. Beg your pardon. Indiana, Milwaukee, Atlanta, at Miami. Those are preseason games at Milwaukee. So there's five preseason games. The Grizzlies will open up on Wednesday, October 25th at home against New Orleans. So scratch everything I just said. This is why I'm not a big fan of reacting in real time. But the Pelicans at home on the 25th. The Grizzlies will then host Denver at home the following Friday. It's a 6 p.m. start. They will hit the road for the first back-to-back on the 28th at Washington. So a home road back-to-back. Then the Grizzlies will return home on October on October 30th to host Dallas. So that is the first month where we have four games, official games, and the five preseason games. And the Grizzlies will have three of their first four at home. Then we turn our attention to November. First road trip of the year, West Coast road trip. At Utah on November 1st. At Portland on Friday the 3rd, and at Portland on Sunday the 5th. So that is, that's one of the old back-to-backs on the road. The November 3rd game also functions as an in-season tournament pool play game. Then the Grizzlies will return home to host Miami 
and Utah in a quick little two-game home set. That's on the 10th. Then the Grizzlies hit the road, go to the West Coast again at the Clippers on Sunday the 12th, at the Lakers on the 14th. The Spurs on Saturday the 18th. That's also a road game, so three-game road set. Another back-to-back. This time it's a road home back-to-back with Boston at home. Grizzlies quick trip to Houston. So the first time the Grizzlies will see Dylan is on November the 22nd. That's at Houston. The Grizzlies then return home for three games, including the Phoenix game on Black Friday, the 4 p.m. NBA TV game. So that closes out. Then they also have home games against Minnesota and Utah. First glance, it's looking like yet again another loaded home home loaded front or first schedule. The Grizzlies' first national TV game in the non in the non NBA TV uh, department will be Friday the first at Dallas. It's a back to back in which the Grizzlies play at Dallas and at Phoenix. Then the next week is the in season tournament quarterfinals. On the schedule, there are two regular season holds for the Wednesday and the Friday. Presumably, if the Grizzlies were to get knocked out of the tournament, I believe that is when, indeed, they would play the two games that Mark has referenced that I believe the schedule is going to include 80 games. So then the Grizzlies have Dallas, Houston on the road, Houston at home. So Dylan's first return to FedEx Forum will be December the 15th. So Houston at home, December 15th. Game number 26 on the schedule. And it appears that I will be taking a big L. Because I believe this is correct, that game number 26 will be at New Orleans. It's the second night of a back-to-back, and it is indeed on TNT. So I, I took my stab at saying I thought the Grizzlies' first game with Ja on national TV would perhaps be the MLK game. It appears, if all things go well, Ja will return on the road at New Orleans on TNT. That's a 6.30 start. The Grizzlies again will play on New Year's Eve this year. They'll get Sacramento at home after after a four-game road set. And after the New Orleans national TV game, the Grizzlies have one at home against Indiana. It gets us to January, in which the Grizzlies will have three games or two games at home before going to LA, an ESPN game on Friday, January the 5th. Then the Grizzlies, the MLK game, will be against the Warriors at home, 5 p.m. on TNT. So presumably, if Ja comes back at game number 26, The Grizzlies will have two national games, both on the road, before returning home and having their first national TV game at home against the Warriors on MLK Day. 5 p.m. start for that one. The Grizzlies will then go to Minnesota on January 18th, another TNT game. So another four-game road trip. 
before the Grizzlies return home against Orlando on the 26th. Quick road trip to Indiana on the 28th. Then they get Sacramento at home to close out the month on January 29th. That gets us to February. So in February, the Grizzlies will host Cleveland on TNT, 9 p.m. start. TNT, 9 p.m. start against Cleveland. They will then host Golden State the following night, an NBA TV game. The Grizzlies will get an ESPN National Sunday game against the Celtics on the road at 5 p.m. on Sunday the 4th. They'll play at New York. They come home for a quick game against Chicago. They go to Charlotte on Saturday the 10th. Then they have a three-game home set right before the All-Star break that will conclude with a Milwaukee National TV game on Thursday the 15th. New Orleans on Monday, Houston on Wednesday, close out the pre-All-Star break against Milwaukee on TNT, a 7.30 start. So, so far, clearly looking like the Grizzlies' national TV schedule is down, yet at this point, not necessarily looking like it's going to be the type of the type of diminished the type of diminished results that look like you know the 2011 season. We're not going to see that. So, as we continue, let's see if Rob has put up his. There we go. Now Rob's got his. Now Rob's got the good stuff up. Uh. As we continue into the month of February post-All-Star break, the Grizzlies will return from the All-Star break, hosting the Clippers on February 23rd. They will host Brooklyn on Monday the 26th before another national TV game at Minnesota on the 28th. So it's interesting, both Minnesota games on the road, national TV games. The Grizzlies come home for a back-to-back against Portland, on Friday, March 1st and 2nd for hitting the road against Brooklyn and then at Philly on Wednesday, March 6th. That is an ESPN game. And then the Grizzlies will return home to host Atlanta, also a national TV game. So the Ja Trey Young matchup, also on national TV. That's an ESPN game at 6.30. The Grizzlies then hit the road to OKC on Sunday the 10th before hosting Washington and Charlotte in a back-to-back on the 12th and 13th. That's a Tuesday and a Wednesday. And then Oklahoma City on a Saturday. They will then have a four-game road trip that starts in San Antonio. Includes at Golden State a 9 p.m. ESPN national game on Wednesday the 20th at San Antonio. Beg your pardon. At Sacramento, at Golden State, at San Antonio and then at Denver. They come home to host the Lakers, I believe for the first time, on Wednesday, March 27th. The Grizzlies will then go to Orlando on March 30th. The season will wrap up with April with the Grizzlies at Detroit, at Milwaukee on ESPN, another national TV game, Detroit at home, Philly at home, San Antonio at home, in week two of the April schedule at Cleveland. That's another back-to-back. And then the Grizzlies will host the Lakers in the second-to-last game of the year 
on Friday, the 12th of April. That's a TN, or a bigger part, it's NBA TV game. And then the Grizzlies will close out the season at Denver. So, here are Rob Fisher's notes, which are always the best. The teams from the West that the Grizzlies will only see three times include Golden State, two at home, one on the road. Sacramento, two at home, one on the road. Utah, two at one, or two at home, one on the road. Minnesota, once at home, twice on the road. Oklahoma City, once at home, twice on the road. Phoenix, once at home, twice on the road. So Phoenix, presumably one of the biggest storylines coming into the NBA season, only going to be at FedEx Forum one time this year. The Grizzlies' longest road trip will occur three times. It's a four-game road trip three different times. Once from December 23rd through the 29th. Again, on January 18th through the 24th. Then finally, March 18th through the 25th. The longest homestand for the Grizzlies is a five-game homestand from February the 12th through February the 26th. Also sandwiched in between is the All-Star break. In the month of February, according to Rob, it's the best month because eight of the 12 games are at home, five straight, and then seven of eight at home around the All-Star break. It does include two backs-to-backs. Both are home and home. Rob declares that the worst month on the schedule for the Grizzlies will be December. Nine of 13 on the road, three back-to-backs, all which are road-road back-to-backs, and a four-game road trip, as well as the in-season tournament. The Grizzlies will have 14 back-to-backs throughout the season. The most that occur in a month is three, which is December, as previously mentioned. The Grizzlies will have seven back-to-backs, home, uh, the home-home style back-to-backs. The Grizzlies will have two road-home back-to-backs and two home-road back-to-backs. The Grizzlies will have two-game series three times this year, which include at Portland in November, at Houston, and then hosting Houston in December, and hosting Portland twice in March. I'm just going to try to count up the total number of national games. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. So 13, 13 national TV games in the non-NBA TV division. So I think on the show we had set the over-under at roughly double digits. The Grizzlies are going to clear that pretty, pretty easily with 13 national TV games. Let's see. They had 18 last year, according to Rob. Eight will be on ESPN. Five are on TNT. The Grizzlies have an additional six games on NBA TV. The other breakdown of the national TV games, 
four of the national TV games at home, nine on the road. Also of the national TV games, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. Twelve of the thirteen national TV games will be from game 26 on. So let's extrapolate that a little bit. Let's start first with game number 26 at New Orleans on TNT. A little bit of a surprise to me that we're going to see game number 26 start out on the road. But I do think it's fascinating that the Grizzlies are going to start with John Morant's return on national TV. Now, a couple of points to make. Number one, that is when Ja is eligible to return. Not a guarantee, but at this point, I think the NBA is expecting him to return on the 26th because I would find it very fascinating that you're going to put that game on national TV on the 26th. I think the other thing that you can clearly take away from this is that the NBA is not ready to sell on the John Moran experience. Because, as mentioned, of the 13 scheduled national TV games that are part of the big NBA TV package, excuse me, the NBA's television package, not NBA TV, of those 13 games, 12 are after Ja is scheduled to return. I think that's I think that's probably a good sign because if I want to spin it positively, this is how I would do it. If the NBA were truly worried about whether or not John Morant's going to have a bounce back, I do not think that we would see this type of exposure. I do think to a certain degree, while they'll never say it publicly, I do think the NBA was slightly concerned that part of John Morant's struggles this year, too much too soon. What it clearly shows to me, though, is they are not concerned with building him back up. Because when you consider that essentially 95% of the Grizzlies' national TV games will be after Ja returns... I think that's I think that's a clear indication that says they are not bailing on the John ja Moran experience. I think the other thing to take a look at is all right, what does that first part of the schedule look like before Jaws return? So the Grizzlies open at home against New Orleans and Denver. Grizzlies will be at Washington, Dallas, at Utah. At Portland, at Portland. Okay, so of teams that would be expected to be playoff-type teams, Denver, the defending champions, for sure. New Orleans is kind of exactly feels like where they were last year. They're they're trying to play their way out of being in the play-in. But that's a couple of playoff teams. With Washington, you suspect that that's going to be a bad team. While Dallas wasn't a playoff team last year, Provided that they can stay healthy, the thought is they're going to be a playoff team this year. Utah, 
seems unlikely is going to be a playoff team at Portland, at Portland, and then Miami, the defending Eastern Conference champions, Utah again. So we've got one, two, three, four at the Clippers, at the Lakers, five and six, Boston at home, seven, Phoenix, eight, Minnesota, nine, at Dallas, 10, at Phoenix, 11, Dallas again, 12, at Oklahoma City, toss-up. So essentially what we're looking at is through the first 25 games, we're looking at roughly half of those games being against teams that are either presumptive playoff teams or playoff teams from last year. So that's what we're trying to look at. Overall, I think you kind of got to take that because to me, like you're, you clearly have tough games to start, but if I would have said about half against playoff teams, I think most everybody would have taken that. Then the question becomes, how long is Ja going to need to get back to game speed? I think the other interesting aspect is, is Ja going to return as a starter? Is Ja going to return on, I presume he's on a minutes restriction. How much of a minutes restriction? Is it 25? Is it 30? Are the Grizzlies going to try to stagger it to where maybe he doesn't start, but they want to have him closing games? I think that is indeed another big question. And then let's take a look at some of those games when he comes back. So the Grizzlies will start at New Orleans. It's been a competitive series. The Grizzlies then get Indiana at home, at Atlanta, at New Orleans again, at Denver at the Clippers. So, overall, you're starting back with Ja on the road. That took me by surprise a little bit. And to be clear, I don't really know if the NBA could just sit there and go, we have to rework the entire scheduling process so that we can cater to Ja. But it did surprise me to see five of the first six for Ja's potential return on the road, also included in that, a Denver trip and an L.A. trip. Then the Grizzlies return home, Sacramento, San Antonio, and Toronto before another West Coast road trip. So all in all, we know that the Grizzlies will end the season with two games at home, and they'll start this season with two games at home. When you just kind of look at the home away balance. Let's see. Just trying to see based on months. Overall, just looking at Rob Sheep, it looks fairly balanced. So it felt like last year a lot of the home schedule was front loaded. This year, when you look at the first 20 games of the season, Eight, nine, ten, eleven. Eleven are on the road. So overall, I feel like this this schedule looks a little bit more balanced in terms of the home road split. And then more, most importantly, the Grizzlies when Ja Morant returns, potentially on game number 26 at New Orleans. All right, when we come back, Eric Hasseltine's gonna join the program. We'll get his thoughts. He has already had a look at the schedule. Enough of 
my gut reactions. Let's get Eric's thoughts on the schedule. We'll do that next right here on Giannato and Jeffrey, 92.9 FM. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. ESPN. Giannato and Jeffrey broadcast live from the Red River Toyota Studios. Check out Red River Toyota in Wynn, Arkansas. This hour of G&J is brought to you by the Next Generation 10G Network, only from Xfinity. The Giannato and Jeffrey Show on 92.9 FM ESPN. That music means that we welcome to the program the Memphis Grizzlies Radio Network play-by-play announcer. Eric Hassel time. We have had the Grizzlies schedule. Eric was over at Grizzbeat breaking it down live in real time. Eric, did you at least get an advanced copy? I, I can't tell you that kind of information, okay. Jeffrey. That would um, get me in. Uh, yes, no, we, we do get an advanced copy. Would we you agree in our anything. business the worst thing is like reacting to something that breaks in real time? Yeah, like, no, I would, I would be – because you're not really able to. It would take. It took 15 minutes to process it. Yeah. So, um, look, these things are done generally the night before with some wiggle room in case something pops up. Uh, the reason it takes the time it does is you've got so many venues that not only have basketball teams but hockey teams, concerts, festivals, and it, it's trying to balance the travel with it. It's not an easy job. I mean, it's just not. I've talked to guys in the league that there was a guy that did it in the league for a long time, and then he retired, and then they kind of moved it to a group of guys that already had other responsibilities, and I knew one of them well, and I was like, boy, I think you just drew the short end of the stick there, my man. 
Um, that's not a fun job. I've always thought, in just my opinion, that the NBA would be well served if they hired a supervisor uh, to oversee, you know, a, a group, whether it's one guy for each conference or two guys or women, you know, two people, doesn't have to be guys, um, for each conference. And basically they're working on this all year to balance out the travel. And then as concerts get announced, you make adjustments. So this isn't a, hey, let's get this done immediately. But you have to take things like the World Cup into, into account, Um you know, it's not like the NHL where they have to take the Olympics into account in the in the middle of their season, uh, but it's it's not a it's not an easy process. So, we did get the advanced copy. Uh, there's multiple rough drafts that get sent out. They never like you seeing those because, you know, people do have families and things that they try to plan. You've got to give the travel coordinators who do uh, a, a very difficult job of getting hotels and buses arranged and flights and all. And you know, there's only so many charter planes out there and there have been busy nights where, you know, the charter planes are all used up. You've got to get a commercial plane in there that you're going to fly as a charter, but it's not the same plane. And teams don't necessarily always like that. The charter planes are made with enough room for guys that are professional athletes, you know, to have leg room in their seating. And commercial planes don't have that, but like eight seats. And last time I checked, there's 15 to 17 guys on an NBA roster on a travel night. So, um, yeah, no, I got an advanced copy. Um, I, I didn't find it, you know, remarkably, you know, there was a, there's a couple stretches that I think are interesting. There's one where the Grizzlies play seven out of eight on the road with some tough games, but they finish with uh, mostly home games. So if they need to make up some ground at the end of the year and they're playing well at home, they've got a chance to, because I think uh, it's what six of their last seven are at home. Yeah, I believe that's correct. Five of their last six. And so you got a chance on the home floor to, if you need to, either t- break a tie or maybe catch somebody you're a game or two behind it. question. If it was the reverse. So it'll be interesting to see how it plays out. I think the Martin Luther King this game this year is outstanding with it being Golden State. Um, I did circle the, the February 4th game at Boston being the third game in four nights uh, of a difficult homestand prior to that trip. And then you go to Boston to start a two-game road trip against Boston and the Knicks. Um, that's a dangerous part of the schedule. You're also right near that all-star break window where guys start getting that itch where you need a break, where your body needs a little rest, where you're fatigued, where you're maybe not at your best every single night, and you better be at your best on that stretch because you're playing some of the elite teams in the league. Opening night's always a big one. And then I also, in our little chat, circled the Sacramento, then Golden State games in March, uh, you know, around spring break time, I think the 18th and the 20th or the 20th and the 22nd off the top of my head. 18th and 20th. Yeah. That's the last time you're going to see those two teams. And although it's not a ton of travel, it's two very good basketball teams. The Kings play at breakneck speed. The Warriors obviously are still the Warriors. They're trying to make one final push at it. It's a big rivalry night. And that's going to be a great test of where you are and depending on how the season has gone, if it goes according to plan and you're still right there in the thick of that playoff picture, that's a big swing right there because you, you can either hit that month of April with some real momentum or you can be limping into the month of April and, and wondering what lies ahead. Game number 26, if we presume that that is Jaws' return, and I took note of that game number 26 for the Grizzlies is at New Orleans on TNT. Am I reading yeah. too much into that, or did you take notice of that as well? No, absolutely take notice of that. They, if, that if that's the night he's coming back, they're going to want him back, and they're going to want to showcase it, and they're going to want to have 
the interview and the you know the talk or whatever it is, and, and that'll be a question of how that goes down. I do think it's an interesting point of the schedule because it's on the 23rd of December. Logic tells you the Grizzlies are probably coming home after that game so the guys can spend time with their families on Christmas Eve, and then Christmas afternoon I, they'll fly out to their next game, which is also on the road. So they're not going to stay on the road for the entire Christmas holiday, if I'm guessing. I haven't seen the travel schedule. I leave that up to you know that department, but it just seems to make sense that they're not going to do that. Where last year you were on the road at Christmas, and for the entire week prior, uh, you know the entire three basically three four days prior, and there was only one home game mixed in. They were gone a ton during the holidays. I mean the holidays just didn't really seem to exist last year, other than what the organization did for the guys on the road it was phenomenal. I mean I, this is one of the reasons I praise. Uh, Robert Para in the front office. They, they they had an amazing Christmas Eve dinner for the team in San Francisco. Amazing Christmas night dinner for the team in San Francisco. Uh, you know, after a, a game that was very difficult, pretty much everybody was there participating, and it really brought a lot of you know it brought people together, and, and you got to meet people's actual families because they flew in, and it was it was a lot of fun to be a part of. It's disappointing not to be a part of the Christmas Day. Uh, celebration this year, but you know that's part of it. It is what it is. Four of the first five games, if I'm if I'm doing my math correctly, I beg your pardon. Five of the first six games, following when Jaws eligible to return, are on the road. Does that make any difference one way or the other in your mind? No, I mean, I, I don't think so. You got to play them on at home or on the road either way, and so. Um, you know, I, I don't think it's a big deal. I, I think it's this. This is just how it broke down. I don't think that was intentional or unintentional. It just is what it is. And then, obviously, something that is intentional. I think twelve of the Grizzlies' thirteen national TV games will occur after game number twenty-six. To me, yeah. that suggests that the NBA is still very much in the John Morant business. But you have to be. Because all the things that have happened have not diminished his abilities on the court. He had a phenomenal season going last year before the, the things that happened happened. He played at an incredibly high level. He was an all-star again. Um, I still think, I don't know if he'll be an all-star this year with that many games missed. There may be that sentiment that that's not fair to the guys that have been consistently at that level since day one. You missed the first 25 games. He's only got two months, basically, or a month and a half, essentially, to make his case. Now, could he be an injury replacement potentially? I mean, he could still make it. It's not out of the realm of possibility. He comes in and starts dominating. Is he an all-star? Yeah, even though he missed those games. But there'll be people that, you know, I'm sure there'll be coaches that don't pick him as a reserve if he's not a starter because of what happened. Um, And there's a lot of guys like that in the league that believe it's not just an all-star on the court. It's an all-star as a teammate and what you do for your team. So um, we'll see. But it, there's no coincidence there. You're not wrong because he is still an attraction. He is still someone that people love watching play this game, and, and the excitement that he brings when he has the ball in his hands is there's not many like him on the planet. So they're, they're going to they're gonna try to get the most out of it there. I think had he, you know, had this not happened, which we would have all preferred, you're not looking at 13 national TV games. You're looking at, you know, closer to 20. What do you make of the first 25 without? Because I just tried to do some quick math in my head, and it seemed like, you know, if you want to take last year's playoff teams, which I don't necessarily know if that's fitting, it looked to me like it was, you know, how you sliced and diced it. Of the 25 games, 
12 or 13 were against going to be against playoff level competition, and then the other 12 are against teams that that are probably not there. Overall, I think I would have taken that. Uh, yeah, I, I'll take it. I thought it would actually be more skewed towards seeing more non-playoff teams trying to get more of the marquee matchups later for those national TV games. But you can't just front load a schedule or back load a schedule against a team because injuries do occur, and that's not really fair either. So uh, I do think it's ironic. You look at that first stretch. You're at home the first two. You do for the second year in a row play three and four nights to open the season. It'll be interesting to see where their legs are when they get to that game in Washington. They come home, uh, then they play Dallas on that third As is tradition. out of the first four. Yeah, right. And out of that third, you know, home game out of the first four. And then after that, you've got the next five. You've got four against Portland and Utah. Two against Portland there. Two against Utah, one home, one road. Two of those games are part of the NBA Cup. And in the middle of that, you've got the Miami Heat, who are the defending Eastern Conference champions, who nobody – is talking about who seemingly still have a very realistic shot of adding Damian Lillard before we throw it up for the first time in October. I don't think that that is a done situation, that that's a done deal. Will Damian Lillard be a Portland Trailblazer in that time? I don't know. I don't know if you can. I don't know how they go about that. Or will he even be uh, playing for Portland? You know what I mean? Like maybe he's on the roster, but is he even playing on the floor? Right. They're trying to make it, you know, they're trying to make the move happen. That's the question. Because if you really are intent on trading him, if you play him and run the risk of injury, if he gets hurt, the trade value diminishes greatly. So I wouldn't fault them one bit if he's on the roster but not playing because they're trying to work out a deal with somebody that he approves of or is willing to go to and that the package is worth sending him to there. The longer it drags out, the less they're going to receive. That's just the bottom line. This is why instead of trying to ride it out this year with Tyus Jones in the last year of that contract – the Grizzlies said, no, 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 we're going to make this move now because the longer we go with it, the less teams are going to offer, knowing that we're probably not going to be able to re-sign him in the offseason if his goals are to be a starting point guard in the NBA. He's going, to see, he's going to seek employment elsewhere, and the longer it goes towards that time, the less teams are willing to pony up to get him. The Grizzlies will play the Rockets twice before Dylan presumably makes his return, presuming he's healthy on December 12th, does that take any of the steam out of the return, the fact that they'll already played each other twice? No, not not to me. I mean, it might for the players. I think it's better that they do play them twice on the road and get to see them in another uniform and hear used how to he it. You know, yaps at them. And, you know, it, it's not like they didn't hear it in practice. I mean, come on. Yeah. That guy doesn't just flip a switch on the games. He's the same way in practice. So they know what he's about. They've known him long enough. And I think it does. It actually, I think, benefits the Grizzlies more because you've gotten used to seeing him in another jersey. You're going to, I'm sure they'll do something to thank him for the time he spent here. And then, um, you know, we'll get on to the business of basketball. All right. I see your five most intriguing games from the Grizzbeat are October 25th, the home, the home opener. Uh, always the opener. Always yeah. a good event. At Portland, November 3. Why do you pick that? Because is that the first NBA Cup game? first NBA Cup game, and it's a game where if I'm Taylor Jenkins, and, you know, that that's a ginormous if, but if I'm Taylor Jenkins, I am going long and strong with my rotation a little bit shorter that night. Because you lose that first one, you're more than likely not seeing the quarterfinals in the NBA Cup. 
The other teams are better. You're at home against Utah. You're at the Lakers, at home against Phoenix. You win that first one, you give yourself a little bit of wiggle room. You win the first two, you know, now you're talking about, all right, who wins between Phoenix and L.A.? And if you knock off that team, then you're almost assuredly in the quarterfinals. But it's got to start with the first one. So I shorten the rotation. Phoenix, I mean, Portland will still, if Damian Lillard is not playing, they'll be figuring it out. They've got a rookie point guard who's got potential to be a sensational player, no doubt about it. But they're a younger team, and, and you should have the upper hand there. Uh, but you got to get that done. And I don't worry about the next game in Portland, which is two nights later. If we you know, have to give that one back, there's always road games against potential non-playoff teams. I don't want to call them straight up a non-playoff team right off the bat. But nobody expects the Blazers to be there in the end of the year this year. They're, they're going into rebuild mode. They've had to uh, because of a long tenure of success and guys that just they got older and uh, have moved on. C.J. McCollum's gone, and, and, you know, these guys have moved on and done, are gone to other places, and they're no longer the Blazers that were a threat to get into any playoff series and potentially win it if Damian Lillard is doing game time things and C.J. McCollum is right there with them and Yusuf Nurkic was healthy. That's not, that's not today's NBA with these guys. So I, I sell all out to win that game and make sure – not all out. I mean, you're not going to play guys 48 minutes, but – I'm playing that with a little more emphasis on we got to get this one. So that's why I marked that one. First game of the NBA Cup. It'll be interesting to see what the guys say about it, how they feel about it. You know, soccer does do this. They intermix this thing. It would not yeah. surprise me if this thing gets a little successful if they don't implement an NBA Cup with EuroLeague teams and fly the winner of that side out to play whoever wins in Vegas, and they play one more game. That would be a potential as well. Um, I don't know how the NBA Players Union will feel about that because it is an extra game, but it would be an international spectacle. Now, nobody would expect whoever wins the international game to indeed knock off the NBA team that wins it because you're talking about an incredibly high-level NBA team to go through that gauntlet, and they're going to, in my opinion, dismantle anybody you bring over there. Or maybe they bring a cup of uh, a team of European All-Stars over and play a game sure and they play it like it's a real game we'll see i don't know if there's a monetary incentive there then it would make it more viable if there's not enough to make it a monetary incentive it won't happen but it wouldn't surprise me if that's part of the thought process down the road with this with this thing i mean there's been no secret as you know of the nba trying to expand to outside of the united states and canada mexico city has been talked about london has been talked about paris has been talked about and the problem, I think, with that is you're talking about really long road trips and really long homestands. Well, and, and then, like, you know, from- the tax situation, you know what I mean? Like, the, yeah, that's, yeah. I feel like even the NFL's had that problem with London because, you know, it, uh, signing players would be so difficult because it's taxed differently. Yep. No, you're not wrong because, you know, that I know with guys going from America to play for the Toronto Raptors, there's a, there's a little bit bigger yeah. chunk taken out of your check, and there are guys that said, you know, I would love to go there. It's a phenomenal city, and it is. It's amazing. Um, even in the wintertime when it's cold, the summertime's even more beautiful. But as an American athlete there, you, you get your taxes taken out a little harder. And, and that some, when you're talking about millions of dollars, I know these guys make a lot, but they notice, and they don't like it. And so it's, it's a tough deal. But, you know, it's worked for the Blue Jays. It's worked for – um, the Raptors in terms of winning a championship and the Blue Jays with getting players, I mean, they, they get them drafted. Baseball players have a little less 
say on getting in, getting out at times, but you know, it, it's it's not a, a, a problem in hockey because you know so many guys are from all over the world in that league. But when you talk about the NBA and it is global and they got a lot of foreign players as well, but you know the majority of the best players are from one country in the world and that's America. And going to Canada to play basketball professionally, you're gonna you're gonna lose a little more of your check. So that's the interesting thing with that. MLK game, as mentioned, number three for you, Golden State. The Grizzlies have played Golden State on MLK game, right? Uh, am I? I feel I like. I don't think so. Okay, I couldn't. I knew there I don't was. I recall team. it. I couldn't remember if it was like. It tw- might have been about. I'm sorry that we keep talking over each other. I apologize. No, it's all it you. Might have. There might have been one. You might be right. I. I mean, I remember the Bulls because that's where Stephen Adams picked yep. up Tony Bradley and he ragdolled basically in his arms. Um. There were, I know there's been the Pelicans a couple of times, um, other teams. I, I, Phoenix one year. Once, Phoenix one year for sure with Chris Paul. Uh, I mean, I would have to go back and look. At this point, we've we've done this pretty much every year. There was one year where it was the Bulls where they moved it to Sunday and everybody was outraged and rightfully so. Um, but, yeah, I just I think it's a huge matchup. I think it's – two teams that don't particularly care for each other. You've given Ja basically a month at that point to, yeah. to get his feet wet and, and rolling, which is where you expect him to really kick it into high gear. And, you know, again, the Warriors are trying to ride this, you know, this 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 group, and they're trying to ride it out with them, and, and rightfully so. I mean, you, you do everything you can to win now with a group that's a little bit longer in the tooth that's had incredibly high levels of success some of the greatest success in a single run that we've ever seen in a league, you, you let them finish it out the way they, they want to, which is together and trying to win one more time. We'll see if it works. I mean, nobody nobody is going to beat Father Time in the long run. He's going to catch up to you. And so if you can try to avoid it as long as possible, you don't try to avoid it by starting to ship this guy out or that guy out. You double down and, and try to attack it and then accept your fate after but if it means potentially winning another ring, those guys are all on board. And for Chris Paul, he's probably most on board because he's going to look around at Draymond and and Clay Thompson and Steph Curry and even Kevon Looney and go, I, I want what you guys have. I want something that you guys have already done and, and don't necessarily take for granted. That's the one thing. You can hate that team all you want, and I get it. But the one thing I've always noticed about them, they don't take it for granted when they win a championship. This is not like, oh, um, we got another one. It's, it's just it's cool. We're – we invented the game. Now, you may feel like they come across that way. They they respect the effort and the, the discipline and the dedication it takes to win. I think maybe last year they were a little arrogant as they got by the Kings at, in a road game seven, and they came in feeling like, okay, well, we can get the Lakers, and then we'll get to the conference finals, and it'll be a tough uphill battle against Denver. I do think that there was maybe – a little bit of overlooking the Lakers, which is odd because they have LeBron and Anthony Davis was healthy. But I think the Warriors just felt like they were the better overall team, and it didn't happen. The Lakers beat them. And I think that that sting of, you know, being bounced earlier than you expected, that that's going to make them hungry this year. So that game is going to be massive. At Boston, February 4th, other than, like, that's one of your favorite cities. I, I talked about it a little Yeah, you broke up there for a second. I talked about it a little bit earlier. It's, they haven't won there in – I think 10 years <laughs> and it's cool. And it's now the third game in four nights, the homestand right before it. 
is a gauntlet of, of really good teams. I think it's Cleveland, Golden State, Sacramento. Um, and then you go, you know, there's, there's some really organization. That is the return to Boston for Marcus Smart. That is going to be an emotional evening there. Uh, last year was in the on Super Bowl Sunday. The Grizzlies played well, but not well enough to sustain a lead and, and got hammered, and it was a little more lopsided on the scoreboard than it was during the game. Um, you got to break that streak at some point, and what better way as you approach the All-Star break to beat a, a team a lot of people are think, think are gonna, is going to represent the East this year. Got a final thought on the schedule overall? You know, again, not as not a ton of back-to-backs. Yeah. Uh, your all your road road back-to-backs are in December. Uh, I agree with what Rob said on Grizzbeat, which was if you get through December, that's that's a really good test of where you are. If you can get through December and you know come out with a, a good feeling about it that you didn't go through, got handled, especially with the NBA Cup in there, um, I think you set yourself up for a lot of uh, success. If you struggle and limp through September. You're opening the door to a lot of questions. Are we really this good? Are we a team that truly belongs here? And those doubts will continue to creep in until 12 gets back and, and until the, the roster is whole. And let's be honest, it's probably not going to be whole most of this year, if yeah. all this year, with the injury to Brandon Clark. Eric, we really appreciate it, buddy. Thank you for the gut reactions. Jeffrey, it's my pleasure. All right, buddy. Be good. You too. That is Eric Hasseltine, the Memphis Grizzlies radio network play-by-play host. When we come back, we get into the list. Also, Jason Smith coming up during hour number two. Stick around. You're listening to Gene Otto and Jeffrey right here on 92.9 FM ESPN. WMFS FM and HD1 Bartlett. WMFS Memphis celebrating a legacy of sports as the flagship home of the Memphis Grizzlies and Tigers Talk. Always live on the Odyssey app and on smart speakers say play 92.9 ESPN. Coming up at 4 p.m. It's the Gabe Kuhn Show with the tallest lineman on the radio. In fact, the only lineman on the radio, Gabe Kuhn. Weekdays from 4 p.m. till 7 p.m. on 92.9 FM ESPN. The Gossett Mitsubishi Summer Sales Event is still going strong at Gossett Mitsubishi on the pipe. Whatever vehicle needs you may be wishing for, we've got you covered at Gossett at Mitsubishi. 41 MPG Highway that can turn on a dime. That's 2023 Mitsubishi Mirage G4. 17395 or 249 a month. 2024 Eclipse Cross combines luxurious styling with cutting edge technology, generous cargo room, and versatility. 291 or 399 a month. And the powerful and fun to drive 2023 Mitsubishi Outlander. 29580 or 499 a month. And you'll always get peace of mind with Mitsubishi's 10-year 100,000 mile powertrain limited warranty. That Okay, picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. 
Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's the most anticipated WNBA season in history. And you know what that means. Court is back in session. Welcome to Queens of the Court, an Odyssey original podcast. I'm your girl, Cheryl Swoop. And I'm Jordan Robinson. All WNBA season long, we'll be bringing you interviews with star athletes, analysis on your favorite teams, and lots of hot takes. Order, order in the court. Follow and listen to Queens of the Court on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.